Hi, Anders. Hi, Alexander. What are you up to today? The whole day I've been in uh, sort of the now world-famous back-to-back meetings, and I'm enjoying it. So when we are recording this, it's like three o'clock in the afternoon and had fantastic meetings, both with our dear friends and with colleagues. Great. So have you been looking forward to this recording? Like nothing else, Alexander, of course. Good. Me too. A couple of weeks ago, we published an episode where we talked about LinkedIn. And um, this is a continue of that episode. And uh, that episode, we, we talked a bit about how to use LinkedIn as a like private person. And uh, in today's episode, we want to know more about building a LinkedIn presence for your company, company page and so on. And uh, could, I, could I just do a remark? Because perhaps someone didn't listen to the last one. One of the most common questions about LinkedIn is, is it my private place or is it a company place? Is it a business place or is it a private place? I I usually say there is no definition of that. But when you work for your employer, you put the company name. So you can't think of it as a 100% private place. And the company you work for can't think of it as something where you they can tell you you must publish things that that's perhaps a good bridge to what we're going to talk about today yeah yeah and you Anders you you have a lot of educations with company about uh, building a LinkedIn presence and is that that your description now of what LinkedIn is do people think like that or I think, generally speaking, an expression that I use a lot is that there's still a lot of people around that believe that LinkedIn is a CV database, which means that that these people can either say, no, I'm not going to be very active on LinkedIn. I can be present, but I'm not looking for a job, so I'm not active. The other part of that category who still believes that it's a CV database, perhaps would need some coaching in that the employer and the company you work for sometimes look there. That, that's one category. And then you have a lot of different categories. And, and again, if I'm general, I would say, no, LinkedIn is not a CV database. Whether you want it or not, everyone that you want to make business with will verify who you are, what you have done, how similar you are to them, what you think about and what you do, that you can't take away that it is a modern digital business card. The difference to the paper business cards people had, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago, in my case, um, they're gone. So this is the digital card that anyone can reach inside and outside LinkedIn. And secondly, on on that part, if you want to be active, it's a prerequisite in relations to know how, uh, why you are there, how you want to be perceived, et cetera. As as if I remember right, that was what we were talking about the last time we spoke about LinkedIn. Yeah. And is that really, is that up to, 
you as a uh, employee to decide what to talk about or do you think that uh, companies should have um, policies and guidelines for what to talk about and uh, what discussions to engage in everyone can interpret things like this like they want but shame on you if you try to put rules regulations and policies around people's linkedin presence then you will never ever achieve that they are as proud as you hopefully want them to be about your company i think mo mo in most companies you sign a contract uh, and you sign that from a sort of NDA perspective, that you sign the policy, you sign everything else. There's no extra policy needed if you have the right people employed. If you have the wrong people employed, <laughs> perhaps it can be positive with LinkedIn and other social media if they want to go there and break what they have signed. Um, and, and I think from, from an employer perspective, um, it's your obligation to provide a possibility, for example, on LinkedIn, what the difference is between being present and being active. Um, and it's your obligation to help and support your colleagues to get their own understanding and opinion, decide the ambition, and so forth with everything, then you can get the impact that they might even be proud of something that um, is concerning your company. What you shouldn't do is to provide a lot of content and indirectly or directly say, please publish, please like, please do this, please do that. Because most people will see through that uh, when they see content like that. Okay, so now everyone at company A or company B have been to a LinkedIn training and now they do this and they do that en masse. And if you work with a company in B2B, usually you know more than one person. And if they all publish the same content, it's a sort of, okay, you've been to a LinkedIn training or someone pushed you to do this. Could you please move forward and be a bit more relevant than I can actually stop and watch what you've been publishing or what you yeah. dream about when you when you have uh, these linkedin trainings with companies could you just describe shortly what what you do in in those trainings let's let's say like this that, that it's two different approaches when it comes to if we're talking linkedin company page or we talk to individuals the individuals are always way more important for the company than the company page. In, in most companies, when you look at number of employees multiplied with their contacts, you get a much higher figure than the company can ever achieve. So perhaps it's not that interesting if the company gets interactions, but it's really, really crucial and important that their colleagues or employees enjoy doing things on LinkedIn. It, it gives good impact if the content is relevant or the advices or tips or whatever it is. If that is relevant, it's going to give a very good impact on the company. Did I answer your question? Did I spin away? Now you're describing a bit uh, about what your training is about and it's two separate. 
And I would, would say, thank you. And I would say also that I, I had a training this Monday with, with some very, very dear friends of ours. Uh, it's very seldom that I look forward as much to, to do some things with our friends as with this, not company, but organization. The process this time was send me your five most important questions about LinkedIn. High and low, whatever you want to ask. That's a fantastic source of understanding where they are at knowledge-wise and where they are at in their own policy way in, in knowledge about LinkedIn. It was very, very relevant questions, and it's easy to build an education based on that all participants send five questions. Then people usually get very surprised that I have reviewed their presence and their activity and that I make a list of all my suggested or recommended changes that, that they need to do. Um, I, I think too many things uh, spin around where people say you should do this, you should adapt, you should blah, blah, blah. I know that the trainings that Suma provide not always focus on the same things as other LinkedIn trainings focus on. Um, and, I, and I think sometimes very disappointing to see how many companies that put their sales uh, reps or their sales organization to a social selling training. Yep. That's not where it starts. It doesn't start with a sell. It starts with how you treat and handle your organization, uh, your um, relations and contacts. And what, what's the main purpose of uh, building a LinkedIn presence for companies? For companies, I, I think it's uh, sort of mandatory from the perspective that, that that's one of the things that no matter who you are among the stakeholders, if you apply for a job, of course, you pass by uh, the individuals that you're going to meet in, in the interview or you want to have a first check on the company. And then from the company page, you perhaps go to the um, .com or .xx that they have a link to. Um, that, that's one thing. And, and, and secondly, it's a good provider of a certain type of, of uh, content that you want to make others interested in if you think it's relevant for them. Uh, I think many companies do the mistakes that the, the mistake that they hand over the responsibility for their LinkedIn company page to HR. Uh, I understand how they think from the inside, but not relevant at all to hand that over to HR. HR doesn't know anything what's relevant for the decision makers, influencers, and practitioners that they want to reach through LinkedIn. So who, who should manage it? I, I think one, an individual that have a very good overview of the whole company, the whole offering and all types of stakeholders and, and uh, target groups, including people who look for a job. Uh, doesn't matter what department that person works in, but that person must start with for the company, why are we on LinkedIn? And that is something individual. Then you must look through the whole sort of um, target groups and, and think through who you want to 
come there and who you want to uh, find things there and what they look for and what they are challenged by. So I, I can't say that it's, it's sort of in a, in a global company, it's this and that position or that. As with, with everything that you think is important, put some, someone there that have a sort of full view of the company um, that, that is both strategic and very practical because the main part, the main part of that role is to inspire others to prioritize it and make it a natural part of the daily work, no matter what role you have. If you meet people digitally or even like, like long time ago physically, then, then you should tick the box of show, show sort of the courtesy to always check someone in advance uh, and, and other sort of basic things in how you should use LinkedIn. You mentioned before that you're not for doing regulations and policies on how your employees should use LinkedIn. But how, how should companies really engage employees to to engage with the content do you have any smart tactic to share or as i said before the first box you need to take is uh, to help them to understand and and understand the the impact then or no un understand one what is linkedin uh two what does it mean to be present and Three, what does it mean to be active? And on all these things with activity, you need to show a best practice of how and what. You, you need to think in your culture that it's prioritized and that it's okay. If, if I look at you, Alexander, you, you are a tremendous example for a company and, and for an employer that you have started to test and do things there you think about it and obviously for some reason you, you prioritize it. Um, hopefully that's a very egoistic uh, way, position yourself or whatever. We, we can have a separate episode about <laughs> why you prioritize LinkedIn. But I am certain without that I ever asked you that you know why you do it. And that, that is something then for, for you to take the next step. I need to know two things. I need to know why you are there and how you want to be perceived because now I can start giving you feedback. It's impossible if I don't know the why and if I don't know how you want to be perceived. I think um, you do an excellent job as a starter on being active on LinkedIn. That I can say whatever your purpose or, or, or your objectives or how you want to be perceived without having an answer. Like you, you're an excellent starter on being active on LinkedIn. And in my world, that is providing value for your contacts. And obviously some of your contacts get proud that you do stuff on, on LinkedIn. Um, and, and that I don't judge from if you get 14 or 400 likes, that I judge when I check who it is that is interacting with or commenting on your yeah that's an excellent next next episode uh, linkedin guide guiding from anders to alex <laughs> and uh, so we 
the question was really how to get your employees to engage with the content and you you said that first you need to understand what and how it means to be active on on linkedin and then, then, then you need to sort of help them and coach them but as as you heard as well um it's much easier if it if it's driven from the inside of you why you want to be there how you want to be perceived how you're going to measure it how often you're going to do it and everything else and that's also why i answered that the person that is the dri or owns linkedin in a company must understand that the role is to sort of educate enlighten and guide all other colleagues and hopefully it was clear that i mentioned you need people that become sort of the leaders of doing this that can say hey it was really fun i got contacted by hmm, hmm, at the company hmm, hmm, because i didn't and in the conversation i had yesterday in a customer meeting someone said referring to something that i posted hey ho we get going and and i mean if the people that interact with for example a linkedin company page content in our case likes something it's on their contact card in our database yeah so for example if you alexander are the contact owner of mr decision maker at the big global company if he or she interacts with our content on our LinkedIn company page, you as the contact owner of Mr. or Mrs. Decision Maker, you will have an alert in your email box that, hey, hey, someone clicked here, someone did something. So I mean, in, in other episodes, we talk about customer data and we talk about having sort of all the business intelligence, all interactions on one contact card. You can link your LinkedIn company page data to the contact cards as well, if you have chosen the, the right backend or, or system, so to speak. And if you have decided that the company should have one contact card with, with all the interactions uh, with that company on one contact card. So what do you hope um, that the participants at your LinkedIn trainings, what, what their main takeaways is from uh, from your trainings. I, I can exemplify by, by the one yesterday um, in, in all the feedback that came afterwards. Uh, one, I, I think everyone yesterday have a different view on what LinkedIn is and what it isn't. Two, I think they all found a very squared and good way if they want, if they are ambitious, to take the next step. No matter if one of them was what I would refer to as, hey, hey, you gotta shape up your existing presence. You don't even have a hero image and you don't even, you haven't even described what education you have. That was one feedback. On the other side, um, with, with sort of the most advanced person in the feedback that, that he sent yesterday, he had the same reflection. Whoa, this isn't exactly what I thought it was. Whoa, I need to do a bit of more squared approach. And as an example, in his case, 
he has always used the principle that whoever asks him to be in contact on LinkedIn, he answers yes. He will not do that from today. He understands what it for some people means when you have a lot of contacts that later on can show that you actually don't know them. Yeah. Um, that was a decision he made based on some coaching. And I think everyone who participated yesterday will now never ever just click connect with someone without, without writing a personal note. And I think, think none of them will ever answer yes on someone unknown that asked to get connected without any motivation. They yeah. might send something back and ask a question or, or something. <clears throat> LinkedIn trainers and especially socially, social selling might say different, but I'm business driven and I'm relation driven. I'm not driven by social selling on LinkedIn. I'm driven about a holistic approach and how you handle a relation over time, no matter if it's a job applicant or if it's your biggest customer or if it's the owner of the company. Well, thank you very much for, for this session about LinkedIn. We will definitely have a third episode of LinkedIn. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Alexander. That's what I was waiting for. Thank you. <laughs> ah, perfect. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, or you can subscribe to it on Zuma.se. Thank you very much and bye-bye.